Welcome to Hot Lava Podcast, Kevin AC, Padres beat writer, sports editor Jay Posner on the other end of the line. Jay, uh, four more on this homestand. The Padres have lost two series in a row. They've won the first game against the Marlins. They won the first game against the Phillies, and then two disappointing because I guess losses are always disappointing but uh, they're two and four on this homestand Jay I've caught you up what do you think well I mean they were kind of different losses I guess the, the Marlins yeah. just sort of embarrassed the Padres the la- in those last two games and, and then the Marlins went and beat the Brewers 16 nothing and eight to three so suddenly it didn't look quite as bad losing to the Marlins but they're still losses and and the Padres obviously don't really care what else the Marlins did the Phillies you know the Padres had a nice win on on Monday night with Eric Lauer pitching, Tuesday wasn't so good, and then yesterday looked like they had it in the bag with a big lead. You know, Josh Naylor with the big home run, Myers followed. They they produced another run, and and then all of a sudden it it fell apart. You know, Quantrill pitched well as a starter, but five innings was pretty much what you were going to get out of him, and and that was you know I don't think anybody could debate taking him out at that point. They got a good inning out of Miguel Diaz and. That was kind of the way the bullpen was set up at the start of the year, right? Wingenter yeah. would pitch the seventh, Stammen, Stammen would pitch the eighth, and and Kirby Yates would pitch the ninth. But they they just couldn't even get there, and and Wingenter was was bad, and Stammen wasn't wasn't very good, and the Phillies no. got a couple of breaks, and the Padres had a couple chances to to score themselves, and couldn't do it. And on, before you know it, that was a you know that was a game that turned that was one of those bad games. Where yeah. you know there are losses and then there are bad losses. That was a bad loss. You know, I was looking up. We'll talk more about the Nationals who are here for four. I was looking up the first time the Padres played them. Of course, the last game in Washington was the game the Padres had a six nothing lead, lost the game, and lost Fernando Tatis Jr. So both the Nationals and Fernando Tatis back in the Padres universe tonight. But <laughs> but those are those are bad losses. I mean, you just they all count the same, but. You know, looking when you look back down the road, th- those are the games where you say, "Man, we really let one get away." And I think yesterday w- was was an example of that. Yeah, I think let's turn to better things, Jay. No, before we do that, we got to talk about the bullpen. And I think you and I are in agreement in terms of how we are sort of processing the fact that the Padres are not going to go out and sign Craig Kimball. Of course, nobody is anymore because the Cubs gave him forty three million dollars for what two and a half years. Right. Right, which I and I I wonder about Kimbrel. I mean, I he had some shaky outings down the stretch last year. He's you know he's on the other. He just went on the other side of thirty. You know, I'm not a big fan of giving big money to closers anyway, because most of them don't last all that long. Kimbrel's had a great career, and he may continue to be really good. But you know, I don't know if that turns out to be a great move for the Cubs or not. I uh, right, and that's uh, it is weird in this era. But hey. Cubs recently won a World Series. They seem to put together a good team, and they thought, you know, good investment. But my point being, Padres aren't going to go out and get a reliever. Look, they've been scouring the waiver wires, and, you know, other teams put out uh, relievers all the time. Not relievers that the Padres feel are better than theirs. And Right, I mean, gonna, you know, other teams are giving away relievers when they're bad. <laughs> Nobody's giving away relievers when they're good. I, I think the, you know, it's it's hard you keep seeing on, you know, people are like, fix the bullpen. Well, it's hard to fix a bullpen in June. You know, you set up what you have, and, and unless you're going to go out, and to, to me, the only way you improve the bullpen this at this point is to go out and, and really overpay for somebody because teams that are in contention are, are that have good relievers are unlikely to want to give them up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, unless, you know, you offer them something ridiculous, and I don't think that the Padres are in a position this year 
where they should be offering anything ridiculous for anyone. I mean, you could argue you should never offer anything ridiculous for anyone, but certainly not in a year like this. This Padre team is not winning the World Series. It's very unlikely this Padre team is making the playoffs. And, you know, even if they made the playoffs, you could say, yeah, well, anything could happen. But let's face it, this this team, I, I've said it many times, I'll, I'll keep saying it, to me, a 500 season for this team is what the expectation should be at sort of the high end. Like if everything went right, you could say at the start of the year, okay, maybe they win 83 games or something like that. This is not a 90-win team. I don't think anybody should expect it to be that sort of team. And I, I think the idea is to get better and to show progress, and they've done that so far. I mean, they're at 500, and yeah, 500 is disappointing when you've been over 500 most of the year. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen this weekend or the next month or whatever. We'll see how things shake out the rest of the year. But the bottom line is the bullpen can only be fixed by people who are in the bullpen now pitching better or people who are in El Paso or or maybe even Amarillo uh, at this point coming up and showing that they belong in the big leagues. And, you know, I'm sure we'll see – you know more of the names that I do. I'm sure we'll see Andres Munoz at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe Robert Stock comes back. Uh, maybe I think you mentioned Morahone was a guy that, mm-hmm. that they might be looking at. You know, Denelson Lamette yep. could change the pitching staff. So uh, wh- where where do you think we're headed at this point? And is there is there hope? I mean, I is there hope for guys that are still on this team? You know, Wingenter, Stammen. I mean, Stammen hasn't been terrible. He just hasn't been what we've seen and gotten used to right. qu- quite as often. And it's only fair to ask, you know, 35 years old, mm-hmm. you know, about that. But what, there's really, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. I feel a lot to say, you know. One of the keys you said is guys to show that they can play in the big leagues. And so Miguel Diaz is going to get his shot. And Trey Wingenter is not, you know, they're, they're counting on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to get his shot. And that's where you're going to see Andres Munoz. And you are going to see, you know, exactly. And so those are not only to because they think they're good guys and they can help them win, it is to so that next year and the year after aren't developmental years. But there it is. That's that's what it's going to be in the bullpen. I'm not saying there couldn't be some minor trade and probably people go, yeah, yeah, this guy's so much better than Phil Mason. And you know <laughs> what? He probably won't be. Right, or he might be for a couple games, and then he'll go, and then he'll be a guy. Like he'll Maton be like Phil Maton, right? I was going to say he'll be like <laughs> Phil Maton. He'll be good for a couple games, and then he won't be good for a couple games. I and mean, the Padres have a lot of guys like that. I mean, you're just not sure what you're going to get. Whereas you know, we're used to seeing from this bullpen through the years where you know guys come out and they're usually really steady and and you know what you're going to get. But nobody, I, I guess Kirby Kirby Yates is as close to the exception as you're going to get. You know, n- nobody's perfect. You know, Trevor Hoffman blew saves. Trevor Hoffman gave up runs. Mariano Rivera did the same. I mean, there, there are no relievers out there who are never going to give up runs. What you hope is that when you have a 5-2 five, five lead late in the game that you're not going to have your guys give up five runs in two innings. When you have your best right? when you have your best guys out there. This bullpen has had a six ERA this month or in the past, you know, since uh, the beginning of May. But that's a rare one. We're we're, we're reacting appropriately, mm-hmm. but that yesterday was ridiculous. Right, and I mean, yesterday looked looked like the Nationals bullpen. <laughs> actually, I mean, the Na- and the Nationals bullpen's been better lately because when I when I looked this morning. Their ERA for the season was 6.68, and I'm pretty sure that it's been over seven for most of the year. So I, I guess they've shown some improvement. And 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 the Nationals themselves. I mean, this is one of those things like 
when the the Phillies came in, they were playing poor, and the Padres had a great chance to win two out of three. You know, obviously didn't do it. When the Marlins came in last weekend, they were they had won nine out of thirteen. The Nationals are even hotter than that. They're four and zero in June, and they've won nine of their last eleven since they were somehow nineteen and thirty one. And the Padres are going to face four really good pitchers this weekend. And it's one of those things I was looking at the matchups on paper and you say, man, the, the Nationals have the advantage every night on on paper, but that doesn't factor in the bullpens. And the Nationals bullpen has been most of the year what the Padre bullpen looked like yesterday. So you're going to see, and, and I'll just run down the matchups real quick, Patrick Corbin against Lucchese tonight. And Lucchese's been really good lately, but you know, you wouldn't, I don't know that you'd say he's better than Patrick Corbin. Eric Fetty, who actually played a big role in that game April 28th back in Washington, he came up from, he had just come up from the minors through four shutout innings. He's going to start, but his starts, he's, he started three games. He's only gone four or five innings in those games. So that's a game where you can get into the, into the bullpen. But the Padres, I believe, are starting Margavichus tomorrow mm-hmm. night. Is that correct? Yes, Friday. So that's a, that's a scary thought based on what we saw last weekend where he looked great for three innings and then all the wheels came off. And then the weekend comes and you got to face Scherzer and Strasburg. And, you know, everybody knows how good those guys are. But the Padres won both games that those guys started in Washington. I think they started those games, right, Kevin? I didn't They did, and, they, beat, and uh, they, they basically beat the stayed bullpen. close. Right. Right, they stayed close, Lauer and Strom, and then beat the bullpen. Right, and this was going to be Lauer and Strom. Strom and Lauer, whichever order, but Strom is out now for, what, 10 to 12 days, so Lauer will pitch one of those games, and then, I, I don't know, is Miguel Diaz the likely starter for the other one? Is that... You know, it's going to depend on how the next few days go. That's uh-huh. always how it was with the bullpen games last year. But yes, that would be, you know, he got his inning in. Maybe, hey, he'd go an inning today, maybe, and then go two to start that game on Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, he had yeah, pitched, I think he was pitching three, I think he was pitching three yeah. or four innings at a time in, uh, in, yeah. El, in El Paso. So maybe he's the guy that, that gets the start in, in he what's was, likely yeah, he to was be up four a lot. He was up to five, actually. I'm just thinking if he has to be used to, today right. or tomorrow. Right. So, but that's, yeah, that's the answer. And I was looking, you know, the Nationals have two really, really dangerous offensive players, at least guys who have been fantastic this year. Anthony Rendon, who I think played one of the games when the Padres were there, but he was hurting at the time. He's got an OPS over 1,000, just a fantastic player, and you know, at the, at the Machado-Arenado level of third baseman mm-hmm. in the National League. And then Juan Soto, who, uh, you know, is, a, is another excellent young player who's who's off to a, a good start this year so those are the those are the guys to watch for the nationals this weekend uh what should we watch for the padres offense this you know weekend, what Kevin? you know what fernando tatis jr he's back he's back yeah. and, and he's missed what i mean he's missed what almost almost six weeks i think Five, yeah, five and a half weeks. Yeah, it was April 28th, uh, the what ninth inning, the game the Padres lost in 10. Right. And, you know, uh, so I was told he's back. Uh, the Padres, of course, uh, were reluctant to confirm anything because, well, it's just gone on and on here. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, they wanted to make sure that he was uh, ready. And I think that that's one thing we can be secure in. The Padres have made sure Fernando Tatis Jr. is ready. So right, right. Uh, looking for him to be that catalyst at the top of the lineup that he was. Uh, now he's a catalyst all season, but he'd spent nine games as their leadoff hitter. And darn, it was, it was going real well. 
So they would love uh, for him to hit the ground running. Of course, you mentioned the pitchers that he gets to face right away, which right. is another reason they wanted to make sure that he <laughs> was uh, he was ready. It's like, yeah, you know, he's coming back and facing these guys, Corbin, uh, you know, Scherzer, Strasburg. So, well, and if yeah. he goes over, and I mean, if he, he does, be more it, excited, right? And if he does go over for four tonight, then we should just say it was it was all a mirage <laughs> and he's a stiff and let's let's move on again. But no, I mean seriously, it's it. This team was is is always more interesting and more and more fun to watch when when Tatis is there. Uh, look, Machado played great shortstop. I mean, he he made a play mm. yesterday. I I came up to you after the after the play, and I said this on Twitter. I I don't know what the criteria is for for when they hang a star, but Machado made a great play yesterday, and and probably better than some plays that that have gotten stars. And <laughs> yeah. and I think it's just one of those things where it's like you know he's being taken for granted because his defense yeah. is so good. He I mean he made an error the other night, and you're like, oh my god, did Machado makes makes errors. I mean I think it was I think it was only his fourth one of the season, but he he was outstanding, and and there's no way that the Padres would have even, I think, been able to hang around 500 had had he not had they not been able to plug a, a Gold Glove shortstop in for Tatis. But obviously, they're a better team when Tatis can play short and Machado goes back to third. And you know what this means for for Ty France is probably not good. Where, where do you think? Do you think France is the guy who goes tonight? And then what? And then let's talk also about what happens in the outfield now. With Josh Naylor hitting and Cordero ready, you have any sense for what we might see, or might even be announced before people even hear this podcast? Yeah, I think Francie they they think needs a couple more days because he's he's just struggling with his timing a little bit, uh-huh. and he was out, he's been out for a long time, and and that's something that, that's very important. Now. He's not quite as valuable as, as you would like him to be. But I, I think France is the obvious just because, I mean, Greg Garcia is like a super sub, and you, you need that guy. He's a veteran, and, and, you know, quite honestly, he's played better than France. And I think that uh, I'm trying to figure this out, Jay, and I will say that there is some thought in the organization that Manuel Margot needs to go down to AAA. Hmm, interesting. If you get Franchi back, but you have to have, you, Franchi, have you have to have Franchi back, right? Because you... I mean, yeah. Oh, no, without a doubt. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. When Franchi comes back, right. it's always seemed. And Andy Green has not, like, you know, been coy at all, really. He's like, you know, as long as Josh Naylor's here, he said that over and over, right. you know. And, and it's like the idea is, well, left-handed bat for left-handed bat. Josh Naylor was a fill-in anyway. Okay. Well, Josh Naylor's hitting, and he's looking really good doing it, by the way. Like, like really good at bats and, like, learning. And so uh, then, you know, obviously with the power and all that, it's like, huh. And so then Manuel Margot, who has become a bench player, well, maybe Manuel Margot might need, you know, that overhaul that they've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Franchi comes up, plays defense, but that is all contingent on Franchi Cordero coming up and, you know, being the hitter that he was at the end of spring training and beginning of the season. And, and, you know, quite honestly, before he got hurt last year. But they need to be sure of that before they make this major move. And it's a major move at this point right. to say, Manuel Margot, you're going down. And it's not like a two-week thing where, like, hey, go down and get some at-bats. It's go down like a Hunter Renfro all-season kind of go down and get better. Uh-huh. Well, that, so that would certainly— That's a big deal. No, it would be. And, I mean, I can't say that I think that that would be a bad— a bad move either. I mean, Margot just hasn't progressed. I mean, he's regressed, I guess, offensively from the good year a couple of years ago. And then defensively, we've talked about before, he's good. I don't think he's elite in center field. And, and you know, Cordero can be that, even if Cordero doesn't start, he can be that late innings guy that comes in and makes the, the defense better because obviously he's he would be the only sort of plus defender yep. that they have in that outfield. 
with you know if you've got Naylor and Renfro and and Reyes and Myers. So yeah, I, I think that would be uh, certainly something. I'm not surprised to hear they're discussing that. It'll be be interesting to see what they decide to do with that. It's just a major deal. Like okay, we're basically barring emergency, not going to have Manuel Margot for the rest of the season because and, you know like okay, well great, you don't want this Manuel Margot up now, but like you know. He has the potential to be a good player. So it's a pretty big deal if, uh-huh. if that happens. And I'm really trying to figure it out here as if I can get anybody to tell me. <laughs> right, um, so right. Just, there you go. But I would say it's, you know, it was it was nice that Ty France got to come up and play. He showed a little bit. And they're going to, you know, have him go down. Now, I got to say, that just brings to mind the idea that, like, there is some serious frustration. And I know Jeff Sanders is going to write about it soon. But with AAA and how, you know, and being able to assess guys and it not getting in pitchers' heads mm-hmm. and then it not inflating hitters. <laughs> well, I mean, you look and, uh, yeah, I mean, guys like Austin Allen and, and Ty France have, have hit in, you know, big numbers in the minors. And, and obviously that's the case with Urias right now, where it's like, wow, what, what else can he do in the minors? Well, there, there must be something else he can do because, as we've said before, other, right, otherwise they would have him, they would have him up here. So, and that'll make for another interesting uh, you know, roster decision at that uh, at that stage, but we're I think we're getting ahead of ourselves there right now. Yeah. We should we I think it'll be it's great to have Tatis back. You know, I don't know if he's ready to play all four games this weekend or if they'll play him in three. It's a good call. I guess it depends yeah. on how how he looks, how he feels, that sort of thing. Yeah. They do have an off day coming up on Monday, although then they've got another stretch of I think at least nine games in a row. Uh, coming up after that so anyway kevin we'll have plenty to talk about on tuesday from san francisco i believe is where you will be yes indeed yes indeed and it will be interesting uh the padres at 31 and 31 they've only spent one day below 500 so yep. if you're into that sort of thing tonight's a big game That's there we go i gotta put myself up jay all right well you've got a you got a little bit of time to do that and uh hope everyone has a good weekend and we will talk to everyone again on tuesday Thank you, everybody.